is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and I'm really glad you've joined us. We've got a really great show planned for you today. A little later, we're going to talk with two Republican legislators who are on their way out in Lansing. They're both term limited. And we're going to talk to them about what's going on as they walk out the door. This maddening uh, lame duck session that they're having up there with more than 300 bills or so uh, that have been uh, considered. I mean, a dizzying array of legislation that has come forth out of the Republican majority up there. What are they up to? Why are they so eager to do these things as they are leaving? And what legacy do they think they are leaving? We're going to talk with them about that. But first, over the past few years, we have had a really intense debate in this country about what it means to be an American and who gets to call themselves an American. A large part of the reason for that debate has been Donald Trump, who campaigned against illegal immigration, but after he was elected, made it really clear that his aim is to really rethink American status, and especially rethink American status when it comes to black and brown immigrants. Today ends a public comment period for a really radical proposed change that would target immigrants who access public assistance, everything from Medicaid to food stamps to housing subsidies. It would affect about 22 million people nationwide and about 325,000 of them here in Michigan. That's where we want to start the conversation today with this big change planned by the Trump administration. And joining us to talk more about what that change is and who it would affect is Steve Tabachman. He is the executive director of Global Detroit and co-chair of Welcoming Economies Global Network. Steve, welcome to Detroit Today. Thanks, Steve. We have, I guess, two maddening conversations, the lame duck legislature <laughs> and right. what is going on. with. Uh, the, and I think you nailed it. It is defining what it means to be an American and yeah. who, who should legally be in this country. So, so let's start with the genesis of this change. It comes out of the Department of Homeland Security. Uh, what specifically would it do? Yeah, and you got most of it, but it's actually much more devious and broader than what you said. So this is a very cruel piece of legislation, and I would say very un-American. What it does, it takes a very obscure piece of existing immigration law known as the public charge, which means that under current law that's been in place for a few decades, if you come here and you're old and you're infirm and you have no support system and you're going to be nothing but a drag uh, on the public systems, you can be denied entry. This takes that uh, concept and completely transforms it to say it puts it on steroids is an understatement. Um, it would say that uh, anybody who's here who needs to renew their visa, who wants to become a green card holder, would be subject to this law and any new applicants coming as well. So it's even more than just the 22 million legal residents here who might be impacted by this. That 22 million legal residents includes, by the way, 9 million U.S. born citizen children. So these are children of immigrants who were born here, who are U.S. citizens. If they, say, need food stamps and their parents who are legal immigrants who might not be entitled to those food stamps themselves, because you can only get any of these benefits after being here five years, uh, if this child were to use the food stamps that they're entitled as a U.S. citizen, the parent, when they go to renew their visa or maybe to become a permanent green card holder, could be denied based on these grounds. But it's even broader than that, because this is just a part of a broader 
um, review that will be done on all visa applications and the safe harbor to get out of this review. Um, and it's not just if you use these benefits, but if you could one day, someday might use these benefits and qualify them. The safe harbor is $65,000 for a family of four. Hmm. This is nothing short of means testing uh, American citizenship. And frankly, my family, the family of most European Americans, the family of most Latin Americans, uh, the family of Asian Americans, um, many of us, most of us would have failed uh, entry into this country if this test had been in place. So, so the idea here, I think, is somewhat analogous to some of the other things that we've seen emerge from the Trump administration. And it is to take existing policy, existing rules, and sort of tighten the the requirements and tighten the way in which they're interpreted and enforced just to make it more difficult for people who are not coming here illegally, but people who are coming here perfectly legally, to be able to do that or to stay. Yeah. And tightening, again, I think this is completely transformed. It takes a concept that was meant to do one thing and accomplishes a goal that President Trump has not been able to accomplish. So he has supported on record uh, legislation by uh, Senators Purdue and Cotton to have the number of immigrants who can come into the country and to essentially means test it so that we only take so-called best and brightest uh, to come into our country. Um, this would basically try to accomplish that goal through uh, rulemaking and give the Department of Homeland Security the power to reject all kinds of immigrants. And, and here's the thing. This is going to crush our economy. Uh, we are in a state that is less than 4% unemployment. Uh, you can talk to restaurant owners in the city of Detroit. You can talk to hotels. You can talk to construction workers. You go out to our Michigan farmers, uh, our, our, our natural resource uh, industries, our manufacturers and healthcare, and they know, and there are many of those business interests are filing comments opposing this, that uh, their workforce, that as much as in some of these industries, one out of every five workers who is a legal resident here in the United States is going to be subject to this rule, and uh, it's going to make an already tight labor market that much worse. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and my guest is Steve DeBachman. He is the executive director of Global Detroit, also the co-chair of Welcoming Economies Global Network. We're talking about a proposed rule change that uh, the public comments period for that rule change ends today. Uh, it would change the way uh, immigrants who access public subsidies, public assistance, uh, are treated and make it more difficult for people who access routine public assistance, the kind of things that all kinds of Americans uh, take for granted. Uh, it would punish them, essentially, for doing that and make it so that they can't get green cards, so that they cannot stay and become Americans. Uh, this is one in a number of steps that Donald Trump, uh, the president of the United States, has taken since he took office to make it harder for people to legally come to this country. He campaigned very aggressively against illegal immigration, but once he was elected, it was became very clear that his target was immigrants of all kinds. If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. Are you somebody who might be affected by the change that is proposed here? Uh, are you someone who lives in a community 
where there are lots of immigrants and you're worried about what might happen to Even there's one thing I want to get out there, which is yeah, for the ahead, public Steve. service, that um, first of all, this is not in effect today. Nobody should stop accessing, accessing benefits. Mm-hmm. The rules, as, as draconian as they are, as ridiculous as they are, they do not punish you for current behavior. So at some date, if this does become the law, um, it will start, uh, it'll only impact the people after the law. After so the law has. We uh, want to make sure that immigrants uh, listening to this know that they can continue to access benefits that they are legally entitled to, that their U.S. born children, their U.S. citizen children or dependents, they can continue to provide for those family members. Um, it would be only after the law went into place and it wouldn't look back to periods sure. before the law. Sure. Uh, if you want to join the conversation, again, 313 577 1019 is the number on the phones. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we will try to work you into the conversation. Uh, Steve, you've done a lot of work in the last few years trying to to highlight the advantages of immigration, especially right here in southeast Michigan, the need that we have really to have more immigrants come here uh, and boost our economy, strengthen our culture, all of those kinds of things. Um, can you talk about the specific effects in mm-hmm. southeast Michigan? If this kind of rule were changed, uh, what would we see uh, in our in our environs here? Yeah, one area that would be really um, harmful to us is in population. So, as you know, in 2000, we were the only state in America to lose population um, the city, I'm sorry, in 2010, in two, and the city of Detroit was hemorrhaging population loss. Um, since 2010, population loss in the city of Detroit, which is Mayor Duggan has said is the number one metric by which to judge him and what is uh, the health of the city, um, it has slowed. And what the single biggest reason it has slowed has been phenomenal growth in the number of immigrants in the city of Detroit, really a lot of Bangladeshi coming from uh, over the Hamtramck border, Yemeni coming into uh, the Chadzi Condon neighborhood and Warrendale neighborhood, um, and Latino immigration, um, They ha- as well as African and Caribbean immigration. So um, the city of Detroit, its population, no great American city has rebounded from population loss uh, since 1950 without strong immigration growth. In the last 10 years, we've really started to see that in Detroit. But that's also true for southeast Michigan. Again, 190,000 legal residents uh, including about half of that are U.S.-born children in Wayne, Oklahoma, Washtenaw County. Those families would be impacted by this regulation. All that, and it's the same story in those four counties. We would have lost population in those counties but for, uh, as a whole, uh, but for immigration. And the state of Michigan. Governor Snyder talked in his last State of the uh, Union address saying how great it was that we had grown about 50,000 residents and how important that was to the state of Michigan. Well, it turns out that 64,000 of those 50,000 residents were new immigrants. And if we hadn't had robust immigration, the state of Michigan would be on track to lose population in the 2020 census. So that's a critical issue that is going to be impacted by this, that America has always relied on uh, growth uh, in terms of its economic structure. And you can only look at Japan, where they went for 20 years without any growth and had just the worst uh, economic performance it felt like Michigan in the, in the 2000s. Um, and that's what's going to happen to places like Michigan and Detroit and Cleveland and Ohio and Buffalo and New York and Pittsburgh if, uh, if, this, if this rule goes into effect and is interpreted the way that the Trump administration has interpreted other portions of immigration law. Uh, again, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. Let's start with Eric in Plymouth. Eric, what's on your mind? 
Hi there. I just uh, wanted to tell you that this is going to have a profound impact on the local Chaldean community here because a lot of them came in as refugees uh, seeking asylum after the U.S.-led invasion in 2003. So they come here with little skills and little language-speaking skills, but they work in minimum wage and low-paying jobs. So they rely on assistance to make up for that income that they need to live and support their families. Wow, Eric, uh, a, a great, <clears throat> a great uh, bit of detail there about about something that will affect uh, a particular population in our community. Steve, er, yeah, Eric's correct, but uh, there is uh, this does not impact those who are given formal refugee and asylum status. So if you've been processed by the U.S. government as a refugee or you've been granted formal asylum status, now in dealing with the Chaldean genocide, many, many Chaldeans are here because they've found other legal pathways here. Um, and those families absolutely will be impacted in the way that Eric described. But I just want to also reiterate that the those who come through the federal refugee program and the, uh, who get formal asylum status are exempted from this regulation. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric, thanks very much for the call and the comments. Let's go to uh, Noel in Novi. Noel, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, good morning to all of you. Um, I just wanted to share my experience. Um, I am a woman. I'm Muslim. I am wearing a shirab. I came from Africa through um, the lottery uh, program, which makes me everything that uh, this administration doesn't like. Mm. So um, when I moved here with my uh, husband eight years ago, I decided to go back to school. I was going to school full time. My husband was working two jobs so I can do that. Um, I got my college degree in science and nursing. I am working as a registered nurse right now. We had um, two kids since we moved in. Um, my husband started like really um, a blue collar job, uh, and now he's uh, um, a senior manager in the, in the place he works in. So we are the definition of hardworking individuals. Um, we were able to get our citizenship um, about three years ago, and before we did that, we were. Um, we had to get Medicaid for our kids because we could not afford um, their um, medical bills. So if if that would would prevent us from getting our citizenship, if if all this, if being uh, the the, um, hardworking people, that we started our our family here, we bought our house here, this is home for us. If this would would not make us Americans, what would? Uh, Noel, uh, I really appreciate the call and the story, sharing sharing your story with what, uh, the listeners. Steve and what Noel points out, we and again, Global Detroit, we're sort of a research organization. We look at all the studies. You know, the Cato Institute, not a liberal champion. A libertarian um, institute. Yeah, right. uh, looked at, you know, the president made some racist comments about the diversity lottery that I won't repeat on this in public. But... Um, uh, they did a study, and it turned out that over 50% of the diversity lottery winners had a four-year college degree, which is almost twice what the college education rate is in the state of Michigan. And to call that program as somehow hurting our economy is just ludicrous. And what Noel points out is that exactly how this, these progr- how misguided this rule is and how overwrought it is um, uh, that 
people who come here as contributors, but understandably going through the kind of change they're going through um, may at one point in their journey qualify for some of these benefits um, that they, these are the future Jerry Yang, who's the founder of Yahoo, the future Sergey Brin, who's the founder of Google, Andy Groves, the founder of Intel. Some of our greatest America innovators, inventors, and entrepreneurs um, are people who came here uh, as working class who would not be able to pass this proposed test um, and have gone on and become some of our greatest Americans. And, um, you know, this country has never been defined as a means tested. You've always been, you say we judge people by their character. If you come here like Noel, you work hard, you're a contributor, and you meet all the rules and comply with the legal requirements to be an immigrant. Uh, you can be part of the American dream. And this fundamentally changes that and closes our doors uh, to our future and to the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. Noel, again, thanks very much for calling and sharing your story. Let's go to Philip in Royal Oak. Philip, what's on your mind? Uh, good morning. Um, I just had two quick questions. Uh, the first is, uh, will this rule change uh, prohibit the state of Michigan from attracting migrant farm workers uh, to the state with you know, health care assistance or food assistance? And second, will the rule change affect uh, H-2A and H-2B workers here? Thanks. Great questions, uh, Philip. Thanks very much for the call. Steve DeBachman. Absolutely could impact those things. Um, uh, agricultural workers in, the, in Michigan, uh, 20 to 30 percent of the crop production workers are, are immigrants. And uh, the way this rule is written, uh, those folks could be denied those very visas that you mentioned. Um, uh, 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 well, actually, they're temporary, so they probably wouldn't be denied those visas. But many, uh, many uh, Latinos who have come here to work under those visas have sought to stay and become permanent Michigan residents through green cards. Um, and, uh, you know, the reality is because the reason I said they wouldn't be impacted was, is because technically you can't get any of these benefits until you've resided legally in the United States for five years, and those are shorter-term visas, and so they'd have to go back home before those um, they would qualify for the benefits. But what we've seen is that um, people use those temporary worker programs and eventually apply uh, to become part of the American dream and be here permanently through uh, seeking a green card after they've done that for a long period of time. And that's what could be denied um, to those families. So it is going to impact those industries, uh, service industries, you know, you can go into any kitchen in, uh, in a restaurant in Detroit and see the diversity that's there, African-American, uh, Latino, and other countries while working there. And some of those workers are very much going to be subject to uh, that, to that same in the hotels. And so um, this is a workforce that um, is really important to our, our community and our economy. And um, with unemployment the way it is right now, you know, that um, the reality is that those those workers help, help grow our economy. And so um, there's a lot of research uh, on the impact that immigrants have on wages and that um, – that in the long term, um, uh, immigration growth to a region, uh, which is why Global Detroit is so robust on trying to grow our immigrant community in Detroit, is lifts all boats. Um, and there's a lot of research uh, to back that up, including research by the National Academy of Sciences. Okay, Steve Tabachman, Executive Director of Global Detroit and co-chair of Welcoming Economies Global Network. Uh, how can people access the public comment yeah. uh, for this. So protectingimmigrantfamilies.org, again, protectingimmigrantfamilies.org.
www.thrivefamilies.org has all the information that you need on this. Uh, comments are due today. Uh, it's very easy to click on and write your own comments there. You can also, if you want to get into the economic part of it, weglobalnetwork.org slash public hyphen charge, but you could probably Google We Global Network and public charge and find our page. Okay. Thanks very much for being with us on Detroit Today and spreading the news about this proposed change. Thanks for covering this important issue, Stephen. No problem. Up next, we're going to talk about the cascade of bills that is working its way through the legislature during the lame duck session in Lansing. We're going to be joined by two different Republican legislators who are on their way out in Lansing. Ask them about the things that are going on and whether this makes any sense. Stay with us on Detroit Today. Thank you.